0: Welcome to Cursillo Corner. My name is Bill Benning. I will be your host for today's presentation of Cursillo Corner here on WHYF 720 AM, our Catholic radio station here in central Pennsylvania. The Cresillo movement here in the Harrisburg Diocese is alive and well. Cresillo Corner is here to provide information and share with you the many positive aspects of the movement. By talking with men and women that are members of Crescio, and listening as they share what they have experienced as part of Curcio family. Through conversations, discussion, and witnessing, we hope to give a personal look at what it means to be a Curciesta, a member of the movement, for Curcio Corner is not just for those that are currently active in the movement. Our hope is that Curcio finds value into information being presented, as well as the talks we have with our guests. And if you're not a member of the movement, and something that is said is of interest to you, please go to our website, harrisburg-cursillo.org, for more information. Without further delay, let me welcome our guest for today. He is well-known in the area. Dr. John Rossi is very active in the movement and currently serves as the Assistant Lay Director for the Harrisburg Movement. John has been involved with Cursillo for a number of years. John, welcome to the Cursillo Corner.
1: Yeah, thank you, Bill. Good to see you.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to have you come in today. What we'd like to do is we'd just like to talk a little bit about you, about your personal life for a little bit, and uh, sort of where you got uh, started with Crescio eventually, and also then a background of where you've come from, where you have you lived, those types of things. So can you tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I, um, I am uh, I'm married um, to my wife, Brenda. We have six children. Uh, 19 grandchildren. I have been uh, uh, practicing a vascular surgeon in the community uh, since completing my fellowship back in 1987. So I've been here a long time. Um, And uh, currently, we live in New Cumberland, and we uh, we worship at Saint Teresa's uh, Parish in 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 New Cumberland.
0: So yeah. So what what are your roots, though? Where are you? uh, Yeah, I I grew
1: up. I I grew up in a Catholic home. and I would describe it as, for me, I was culturally Catholic. Um, and although the the Lord touched me periodically throughout my upbringing in ways that were deeper than that, I think that, you know, the reality was was that the secular thorns, as described in Matthew's gospel, sort of choked that out over time. Mm. And, um, you know, on the outside, everything seemed to be going really, really well. Um but uh, it was all about the world and the secular values of the world. So at one point in my life, I, I always say uh, uh, I had I had one foot in hell and one foot on a banana peel. And that was really where I was, although it didn't appear that way. You know, my, my soul and my relationship with God was, was pretty dead, pretty phony, um, wasn't real, wasn't intimate. And then, you know, I had that reversion to the faith.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well you said about you know things have changed over time for you and I was just wondering was there one major decision in your life that took you from the course you were on to the course you are now or or where you're at
1: that this Well there was a lot of brokenness I think that um <clears throat> the reality is is you know God God writes his laws into nature and that includes our uh, our nature uh, the supernatural and so I just like you can't break the law of gravity if I went out here and said I don't believe in gravity, so I'm just going to jump off the top of this building. I wouldn't break the law of gravity. I would just break myself against that law. And I think that's sort of what happened with me. I just broke myself against God's law. Um, and eventually I just was at the point where, you know, um, it's like that movie, The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, when, when, um, uh, Moses falls into the sand face down and the narrator says, and now, now, the clay was ready for the potter's hand. And that that's sort of where I was. Um So what happened with me, and I remember the moment because Our Lady, Our Lady is amazing. I mean, she's my mom. And so I, um, I was sitting in a family room. And people had, my parents had been sending me religious CDs and tapes and all this stuff. And I, my heart was not open to them. I just put them in the basement. And um so one day, for whatever reason, I stuck this old, cassette tape into the TV video player on Medjugorje and watch these little children uh, during a vision of Our Lady. And I just sat there and looked at it. And all I can describe is that Mary's presence became came into the room and I didn't see a vision wasn't like that, but she was there and I was just crushed and I wept. I wept. I mean, I wept over my life, I wept over all the things that had happened. And But that moment of grace transformed me and I made a commitment then um, that I was going to get back uh, online and I became a little bit like an unguided missile. Um, I started to consume everything I consume on Medjugorje, was doing like three rosaries a day, fasting on bread and water three times a week. All I wanted to talk about was God and the Blessed Mother. I just was consuming volumes and volumes of information. Um, and so that, that was sort of a transforming moment. But, but I had a deep hole to dig out of. And so, you know, you, you don't get rid of all the vices you've practiced all your life overnight. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. And True. so it, it's just, you know, but you start the process. Yeah.
0: Oh, that that's really amazing, the what t- t- journey that you've taken. But I wonder, is there, is there something to motivate you now to keep, keep you on this path?
1: Probably the biggest thing for me, um, and I think this is a big issue in our society today. And, and I was, and I was, I was one of them. Um, is the issue of failed male leadership in the family? Um, yeah, I want to be the best husband and the best father that I can be, and that's my primary vocation. And so, you know, I firmly believe that when I stand before the Lord after I die, He's going to say. John, where is the woman that I brought to you? Mm -hmm. Just like he brought Eve to Adam in the garden. Mm -hmm. And I better have an answer for that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's the primary thing for men is to live out their vocation to, you know, be Christ to their wives, to bring their children to Jesus Christ. You know, everything else is passing, um, but that will never pass. And so that really, that's my primary motivation
0: is to, to, to have your wife. By the, uh, the family yeah being family. being
1: a spiritual head of my home
0: yeah but you know we all try to do that i think and but there's all there's challenges oh my there's goodness, always yes. challenges um so if you could just talk a little bit about that not getting too personal but i know uh, i've had challenges where I need to step back uh try and uh, bring humility into the picture and um, make the right decisions as far as i move forward with certain situations yeah is there any you can discuss about that? Or yeah, about. I mean, I've
1: probably experienced the same challenges that every other family has experienced. Um, but, you know, we made a commitment, and, and I'm very fortunate. You know, my wife my wife is a Cursiesta. siesta. We've always prayed together um, since the kids were little. Uh, 8.30 every night we had Rossi family prayers. In fact, my son Michael will joke, and he will say, I was raised Catholic. I wasn't just raised Catholic, I was raised Shiite Catholic. He <laughs> will make a joke about it. But um, it was, um, am I, you know, Brenda brought the kids to confession every single month um, and they never miss mass um, and so I just think you have to persevere you know a little bit it's like trench warfare and obviously prayer is the key to that you have to pray for your you have to pray for your family um, going to daily mass you know being a daily communicant um, pretty much every single day I, I place I place my wife and my children in the precious blood of Jesus when the priest raises the challenge at mass mm-hmm. and that is the biggest factor the biggest factor is what Christ does. It's not what we do. It's not what John Rossi does. It's what grace does in the home.
0: Yeah, and that's very important. Yeah, I think, too, what you're saying and what I'm hearing is you have to have a steady prayer life. You know, if, we, if we're if we in a situation where we do that, we tend to, uh, I wouldn't say fall away, but it becomes a, a more of a, um, not a ha- not a habit. It just becomes more of an occurrence with our prayer life. So... Um, I know for me, and I think for you too, probably morning prayer is important.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. I I have. Uh, I'm a little obsessive about that, but you know, yeah. I start my day at 4 a.m. Um, and it always starts with prayer because if I don't start my, if I don't do it, then my day gets pretty busy. It will not get done. But. um Yeah, if we're not connected to the vine, you know, Jesus makes it really clear, without me, you can do nothing. And when he says nothing, he really means nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have to stay connected to him. And the way we do that is in prayer. And that takes on many forms. Everybody has their prayer patterns and their practices and their devotions. But I think it's just important that um, we have to stay in contact with our Lord. And that comes through prayer.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh is there is there anything you can tell us about yourself that uh, maybe people don't know something uh,
1: Well, I think I probably already shared some of it. Uh yeah. I wasn't I wasn't where I am today, you know, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, it is real. Jesus makes all things new. Mm. Like, you know, that's not just an external appearance, that's an internal transformation and uh he really does that. So you know, I could sit here for probably a couple of hours and give you a public confession, <laughs> but I don't want to shock all the listeners.
0: <laughs> I understand. Um, you yeah, know, we're talking about faith quite a bit. Do you have a favorite saint? Is there someone that you really uh, start your day with prayer to or, our or lady, throughout the day? Our, our Lady. Our Lady. Yeah, yeah,
1: Mother Mary, absolutely. But, I, you know, there's several favorites, and those have sort of, you know, uh, uh, rotated through the years. Um, I love St. John Paul II. Um, I love to read what he wrote. I love Theology of the Body. I think it is transformative. Um, So he's a big one. Uh, Saint Padre Pio is our family saint. We have a family saint. Um, When we did night prayers, the kids would always choose three saints to pray to. Um, So there are several, but, uh, you know, they're powerful intercessors. Um,
0: Yeah, I find that if, uh, especially if I'm struggling a little bit, you know, um, with all the advantages we have now of... uh, the internet and apps and so on and so forth you can go and pull up a saint yeah. and start reading about their their history their life uh what they're what they're noted for as far as uh healings or whatever <clears throat> excuse me that really interests me um so you've you've been uh, you've been involved in Cursillo for a while yeah and uh we're going to talk a little bit about Crucio in the next segment but just overall um when did you get involved in Curcio?
1: Well, I made, we um, we were having a Bible study in our home and it uh, was back in the uh, ni- late 1990s. And uh, <clears throat> somebody asked me make a Curcio, I had no idea what it was. I said, sure, I'll do that. I would pretty much do anything anybody asked me at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and I made the uh, I made the uh, uh, 63rd Men's Curcio. It was back in 1996, October of 1996 at the old Trinity Spiritual Center. So that's when I made my weekend.
0: Oh uh, that's great. You've been involved a long time. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, end this segment, uh, wrap this up, but we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk more explicitly about Criseo and uh, maybe the impact it's had on your life, my life, and eventually let people know what it can, uh, and how it can impact their lives. So thank you and we'll be back in shortly. Welcome back to Crucio Corner, John. I thought we'd get more now into Crucio and talk about some of the movements of the, uh, uh, how it works and and you know things that uh, has affected us as far as our Crucio experience. So um, how and when? Now you mentioned that when you got involved in Crucio, but can you spend a little bit more time on? On that time in your life, what 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 got you to Crisiel, or what opened you up? Because, as we know, and and Joe and I have talked, you know, Crisiel used to be this big secret, you yeah. know, to where uh, you had to uh, make some kind of uh, agreement that you wouldn't talk about anything. But how how did you? Who reached out to you, or well, what what was happening in your life? Yeah, that it was like I to? said,
1: you know, I had already had my reversion, and we were having Bible studies in our home at that point. And one of the people that came to Bible study, um, um, it was actually Mike Chico Chopo, and he uh, sponsored me. And I mean, he asked me if I wanted to do a cursillo. And I said, yeah, I mean, at that point, like I said, pretty much would have done anything that um, uh, was uh, brought me closer to God and the church. So made my weekend. Um, uh, the weekend was great. Um I really didn't think there was anything on the weekend that I had not been presented with or been formed in my faith with personal reading and so forth. But the thing about Curcio is that that's true. So if you make a Curcio, if you're a well-formed Catholic, you're not going to necessarily see anything different than what the church has always taught. But there's a mysterious supernatural aspect of Curcio that is an encounter with Christ that has amazed me over the years. And I've, I've worked almost 30 Curcios now. And I see it all the time, and I always, I always joke about it. I, I watch the candidates as they go through the process and watch what happens to them. And I, and it's one of the reasons I keep working, because it edifies me to see God work. And I always say, you know, God, you don't let anybody get away. They mm-hmm. just—that um, they just, they just that encounter is powerful. And I think Curcio is pretty simple. People can make it complicated. I think it's an encounter with Christ. It's a life lived in grace— that then goes out into your environment, and because you're living that life with grace, in grace, and Christ has touched your heart, just by that fact that Christ is living in you, it evangelizes your environment. You know, people Mm -hmm. see it, things start happening, God brings you people, you know. Nobody wants to see John Rossi, they want to see Jesus Christ, and so that's what the world is hungry for. So Curcio gives you that, Um, you know, there's this infusion of grace that is really, really powerful.
0: Yeah, I think I think you mentioned two things that really stand out when we when we work the weekend. One is grace, obviously. and the other there's the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's been so many instances. I know we've worked weekends together where uh, people are panicking around. Is is everything going to go okay? Is it going to be a successful weekend? And we just have to let that all go. Yeah, you know, let that all go. So, like you've said, you've probably been involved in close to thirty weekends working. Uh, I'm far behind that, uh, but. What, what do you, when, when you see that candidate at the first time, you know, and then you see that candidate on, the, on the Sunday, what kind of differences can you see in them? Now,
1: their faces are like light bulbs. I mean, they're just lit up. Um, in fact, you know, I've, I've given that concluding talk on Curcio several, t- several times and I always tell them in that talk, take a selfie of your face today and see what you look like because the joy of the gospel is all over them. And, um, I always say if that face starts to change, you're leaking. Um, and, but it, it's, it's powerful. And, you know, nobody comes to Christ through the grumpy Catholics Guild. Um, it's the joy of the gospel and living in Christ and the peace of Jesus in our hearts that brings people to the Lord. And so, you know, when I made my weekend, um, that was downplayed a little bit. Like, don't go out and try to like convert the whole world. Well, you know, I got home Sunday night, um, and, uh, went to work the next day and was doing a doing a procedure on a patient, and the uh, the the nurse anesthetist putting the patient to sleep was a friend of mine, and people know who he is, so I can mention his name it was Bill Harding, and he looks at me during the procedure and he says, "What'd you do this weekend?" And I said, "Oh, I did this retreat sort of thing, and I was trying to minimize it." Because I didn't want to go all crazy, which I have a tendency to do. And so he goes, well, what was it like? And I said, well, you know, it was this thing and they gives some talks and you interact and you do all this stuff and you pray and you go to mass. And, and he looked at me, he looked me right in the face and he said, you're different. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're different. He goes, he goes, I want to do it. How do you do it? What do you? I said, well, you have to be sponsored. He goes, sponsor me. <laughs> and so I walk out 7 o'clock the next morning after my curcio. And I I sponsored him, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like I was a neophyte and I sponsored him. And then he went up to Bloomsburg and he sponsored a bunch of people up there. And that's how the gospel spreads is one. It's a personal contact thing with Curcio. It's not, you know, we're doing this and this is wonderful. I agree with making getting it out there for people. But Curcio is a is a is a community one on one sponsorship, you know, make a friend, bring a friend to Christ. And so that's how it spreads. Um you know, first thing I wanted to, to happen was for my wife to make a Curcio. <laughs> she made the next Women's Weekend. And when I saw her come in the back of the church and I saw what her face looked like, I, I literally cried mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I knew I could see what happened. And it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. It's transformative. I have two children who've made Curcio. All the others are open to doing it. It's just not the right time yet, but they will, I suspect.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, it's it's very, very powerful. But um yeah, that, that three-day weekend, it's an encounter with self, an encounter with Jesus Christ, and then take it to others yeah. because that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's never about us. All the gifts we were given, you know, talents, whatever, it's all about giving it away.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's all humility, too. Yeah, it's funny. As you talk, you know, my memory is going back to how I became with um, Bob O'Neill. I don't know if you, yeah, you knew do know Bob, Bob O'Neill. And uh, he was doing a church function. I forget what it was, uh, but I went up to him, and he started talking to me about Crescio and I said the same thing. I said I'm in. You know, yeah. when is it? What happens? This kind of thing. So, and then coming home, you know, my wife. I mean, when I got home, my wife was like, after the first four or five hours, she's like, y- you, you can't shut up. You know, mm-hmm. you just keep talking. Uh, and then she made her weekend, and she understood what what I was going through. So we mentioned earlier that you are assistant lay director of the movement, uh, my right-hand guy. And um, talk about what you've done with the movement over the years. What positions you've filled? Or...
1: Well, this is actually my second stint on secretariat. I was on secretariat before, um, drawn into service again here. Um, and, you know, it, just trying to do what we what we can do to uh, preserve the authenticity of the movement uh, and what it is and make sure that Christ is the center of the movement. And, you know, one of the things that Curcio does is it it builds this community of brothers and sisters in Christ. And they're very important um, because, like I said, you know, it's it's the encounter with Christ, the life lived in grace, and then bringing it into your environment to evangelize it. But you can't do that on your own. And so that community, group reunion, the, the, the community we have is designed to be supportive. It's not supposed to be a sorority or a fraternity. That's not what it is. It's, it's, it's a brotherhood. It's a sisterhood. It's much deeper than that. And so these guys, and for example, like last night, I got a text message late at night that one of my brother's wives was in the ER and there were like 19 guys all of a sudden just praying for this woman, you know, and so, and prayer is effective. Um, and so that's the kind of community it is. So you, you bring it into your environment, but you have the support of your brothers and your sisters. And I, I, love, I love Bishop Olmsted's uh, apostolic exhortation to men into the breach because he calls them a band of brothers. And uh, I really relate to that a lot. And so you evangelize your environment. I, I would like to say one thing. Um, the most important environment for you to evangelize and for me to evangelize is our home. <laughs> And, you know, as the family goes, so goes the church and so goes the world. And so, you know, we can get really into apostolate. And uh, we all have to be careful about this, including myself. We run around doing all kinds of church things. Um, and then our wives are the loneliest person on the planet. We can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to evangelize our home first. That's our first commitment. You know, yeah. that's, our, that's our vocation. And so don't be a vocation jumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, don't do that. Um, it's really important.
0: Yeah, very important words. And I just want to emphasize too, I mean, we, we've got you and I talking here, John, and we're talking a lot about the men and how they're impacted. But the women's movement is just as important and uh, impacts women in a really, really powerful way, also. So, uh, ladies out there, uh, you know, we're not ignoring you. We just, it just so happens, the two of us here today. So, you talked a little bit about, um, Piety, study, and action, you mentioned that. Why are they important elements of the movement?
1: Oh, it's such a stable tripod. It's nothing that the church hasn't always taught. But, you know, number one, piety, your holiness, your prayer life. You know, if you're not in contact with the Lord, you're not going to do anything. Um, and formation, study, you know, you got to know Jesus. You can't love what you don't know. Like, I have to know my wife intimately to love her. And um, same thing with Christ. We have to know Him. So you have to know, and the church is, is just such a treasure chest with any, I mean, there's so much. You just keep pulling out a different jewel every day. Um, but you have to be properly formed and she's, she's true, beautiful, and good. Um, and then finally, the last uh, leg of the tripod is action. If you don't give it away, you lose it. It's like the Dead Sea as opposed to the Sea of Galilee. You know, the Dead Sea's dead because there's no outlet. Mm-hmm. And I find that's really true in my life. If I'm not giving it away, everything else suffers. You know, my study formation suffers, my prayer life suffers. So it's got to be a balanced tripod, a very very good method, sort of orders your life in your fourth day.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that is important. And you mentioned how important it is to, you know, the family and your faith and you need to be the leader of your family spiritually. Um, but how, how do you see that uh, being uh, involved in Crescio – uh, plays a part in other aspects of our of our church life For what I'm saying is you know maybe somebody makes a weekend and then inevitably they get involved in some other uh, part of the of the church I mean, so we know so many guys that have done that and and women that have done that yeah. uh, so
1: yeah, I think that's very true. I think if you look at our parish, most of the people who are active in the parish or Curciestas. Now they may not be actively involved on secretary and Curcio or anything, but they're doing other things. You know, they're involved in that man is you. Uh, my wife has a, a, a she movement that, that they do walking with purpose together. Um, so there we have Bible studies. So people get involved in church life and church community, and it's a fruit of Curcio because it's part of the it's part of the evangelization action part of the tripod.
0: Yeah, that's so important, so important. Well, you know, time really flies, and and unfortunately I see our time is about up. But I want to thank you, John, for spending time with us today. And hopefully you can join us again in the future here on WHYF 720, the Catholic radio station. Again, thank you, John. But before we go, I want to remind everybody that you can find out more information about the Crucio movement on our our website, which is harrisburg org. And if you're seeking information or would like to talk about the movement more, don't hesitate to reach out to me at Bill Benning, B I L L B, 671 at Verizon.net. In closing, from the Crucio Corner, until we meet again, be well, God bless, and day galores.